0: may be seated in the house of the Lord. This first Sunday in the month of September, as we find ourselves rapidly moving through yet another year and uh, approaching another season, knowing and realizing that it is God who is our keeper, our sustainer, our help in time of trouble. We're delighted to be in the house of the Lord today and just to come and to worship together as well as hear what the Spirit would say to the church. It was just on last week and many uh, students had gone back to school and started out another year a year of potential opportunity, a year in which we strive to become better, a year in which we would hope to see growth take place in us, both physically, spiritually, and educationally, academically. But we recognize that we still, in the midst of all that we are seeking to do and to become, we still are challenged by the environment in which we're in. Uh, We are challenged by so many things, things we know and things we don't know. But the one thing that we do know, that God comforts us and holds us close. And it's through that that we take courage. I want to read again from the New Living Translation, portions of scripture that were read today out of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, 4 through 9, 8, 18 through 20. And from the Living Translation, these are the words that Moses received to communicate to the people of God. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands for that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them. To your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy eight eighteen. Remember the Lord your God, He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. And the Lord bless the reason reading of his word. Lord Jesus, help us. At this moment, to listen deeply to the words that you speak and minister into our hearing. May we receive them as reminders, but also as warnings may we come to understand and realize that it is not of our own strength or power that we become successful or achieve anything. For without the Lord on our side, we can accomplish nothing. But with you, O Lord, we have more than capability. We have the power to become and to be all that you have purposed us to be according and through your grace. Help us now, O God, as we at this moment and hour, deliver this word that we may receive it and not only receive it in our hearing but to apply it to a plan of action. May we do that which the Spirit would direct us even this day we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And all the people of God say, Amen. I had titled this uh, message today, Parenting in a Troubled Environment. Parenting in a Troubled Environment. It was just a couple of weeks ago. And even through this week, we have reports yet of the tragedy of wasted life Uh, in the shootings that took place in Brooklyn just a few weeks ago. And the discovery of some of those who were a part of that shooting. There was an 18-year-old who was arrested, and a 14-year-old, who was also arrested. There are perhaps others who will be eventually arrested. And to hear of it, and to know that there was loss of life, but also know that there was the loss of life that continues to live. I'm talking about those now who participated in an act that took life not only from someone else, but also took their lives from them. It's hard to figure out what leads a person to act in such a way, to take a weapon, to take a gun, and to shoot around and take another's life away? What's going on in that mind? What's happening in that head? What in the world could one be thinking. John F. Kennedy once wrote these words. He said, children are the world's most valuable resource and its best hope for the future. Nelson Mandela once said these words, there can be no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children. Taking those words and understanding what has been happening around us, and almost the cavalier way that we approach and reflect upon the awesome responsibility of parenting and raising a child, There is much that has to grab our attention. Almost to the points of shaking us up. Do you see what's happening around you? And not just in the streets outside of where you live, but sometimes within your very own home, in your own house, There is brewing that which is trying to destroy the very promise of a future for a child who is growing in your house. There are some themes from Transformational Tuesdays that we used to do some time ago. And we stated these words that the power of how and what we think We address them in the thoughts and with these questions. And these questions reflect those things that really affect and impact our lives, our actions and what we do. First, we raise the question, what are you listening to? Understand. Listening is not an innocent act. It is an act in which we take in to the mind, to our even soul, that which we hear. There are a lot of people listening to the wrong things. Hearing the wrong voices and incorporating into their own self those things that are spoken by others that may be harmful to our own life and development. Second question came after what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? I'm convinced that not every voice is a good voice. Not everyone who speaks to you and into you is speaking that which is going to cause you to live and have life in a wholesome way. Who do you listen to? Matters. Next. Besides our hearing we have eyes. And I raise the next question. What are you watching? What are you looking at? You'd be surprised of how what you hear. And what you see. Can impact you in such a terrible way. That is why in the very restrictive way we used to back in the old days, and there's some were there, they wouldn't want you to watch TV. Because they were concerned about what you were taking in. And our children. Become victimized often by what they hear, who they listen to, and what they're watching. Then the other piece that comes in what are you reading? Because all of these are entryways for contrary thought and destructive forces. To enter into one's life in such a way that it could disturb as well as detour them from the the purse, the purpose and the path that God has established for them. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you reading? and then what are you thinking about? You'd be surprised of how many folk sit with thoughts that are destructive seeds ready to give birth to an action that is very destructive. I don't know what happened with these young guys. But I do know the environment in which we live. There is so much that is going on that is being spewed out. What we're listening to, what we're hearing, who's speaking into our ears, what we're watching, what we're reading. All of these things can help divert us from that which God would have us be built up with for his glory. After what is thinking about you, you'd be surprised of when you look at something long enough, what is enticing you? Enticement is that which drags you into something. It pulls you into an environment in which you feel you have no control of it, but it controls you. The other question that came, then what are you worrying about? Some of you are sitting right in here now worrying about something. Maybe unnecessarily, but maybe necessarily. Because anybody in here, if if you have children, I'm going to focus on children today and this week, you got something to worry about. if you were living somewhere isolated all by yourself and nobody was around and you had no TV, no internet, no anything, perhaps you could be a little bit comfortable. But that's not reality. Reality is your child is going to hear something is going to see something and hopefully not do something that they are impelled to do. Why is that? It is because there exists around us a spirit. Um, We don't like to talk about spirits, or the world doesn't like to talk about spirits because they talk about things that they cannot control. There's some things I don't have answers for. I cannot understand why some people are thinking the way they think and doing what they do, only to say it must be a spiritual thing. How does spirit impact us? Spirit will guide us off the course and the path of right doing. It would make us do things, think things, act things, do other things that are not contributing to the wholesomeness of ourselves or even our neighbors. It is ingestment. I got to realize every now and then you got to turn the TV off from your kids because I've realized just by watching a little bit of going on there, that these things are so influential. I see the little subtleties in showing me stuff and normalizing stuff in an innocent way so much so that you don't even know it but your child is being programmed. and we wonder how in the world did this happen? It happened because, as the Bible says, and again, we don't use these words because people, oh, don't talk about the devil yet. Satan is like a roaring lion searching for his next victim. And sometimes the most easiest one to catch is the innocent one, the isolated one, the one who is somehow most vulnerable and least terrorizing to the attacker. He won't attack when there's a herd, but when you get isolated and alone, he comes after you. So then I thought through all of this and then I could understand why Moses would get this word from the Lord and as an instructive for the people. For God was about to again deliver them, free them, cause them to now be in a diverse community where there's a whole lot of different thoughts going on other than God thoughts and he wanted them to know now I want to warn you I'm going to bless you I'm going to send you places that you could not ever get on your own I'm going to cause you to prosper. I'm going to make it so that you would be amongst the most wealthy in the world. But I want you to know something. That when you get all of this, don't think that it's you who got it. Don't think that you got it by your own thought, by your own smartness, by your own intelligence. I want you to know what you're getting is only because I decided to bless you. (laughs) You can tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's because God blessed you. You boasting on what I got, what I got, what I got. We would have nothing if it were not for the grace of God. We would have nothing if it were not for the mercies of God. We would have nothing if God didn't make a way. And I know somebody sitting in this place knows that had it not been for God, I I would not be where I am. But, But God, who's rich in mercy, he got me here. And I can't ever forget. Had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, so Moses writes, "I don't want you to forget. I want you also to be alert." And realize that as from the very beginning, there is the enemy of your soul who is up to one thing, and that is to take you off course, to destroy your life, destroy your family, to kill you if he can. We cannot sustain life in an environment that fails to protect, nurture and inform. And let me those are key critical words. First, protect. With our families and our children, the first thing of our responsibility is to protect them. We are to make certain that nothing harms them. Nothing in the environment that may come to destroy or hurt them. But we must also nurture them. By nurturing means we're going to teach them the right ways. We're going to teach them what's good for them. And we'll teach them what's bad for them will inform them about life in its real dimension, not as a fantasy. It's not a cartoon. This is not a fantasy story. Life is real. When I was young, I, I used to have, we did have guns. The guns that we had were cap pistols. We we get a roll of caps. Put it in there. Pop, pop, pop. No bullets. Just the sound. And watching so many westerns, I think I was one time I thought I was a Lone Ranger. Now, this is going way back. You guys don't know nothing about it. But what I saw is what I was drawn to. And I got myself in trouble with that cap gun. Because once you give them a little bit of something, it was not just enough for the pop and make a little noise. I wanted to see, there got to be some fire coming out of this gun. So that's when my little old self decided to get some matches. And I put a match inside my gun in The match flew out, landing in my bed. Set it on fire. My mama came after me. (laughs) And in my underwear... I ran outside. <laughs> Screaming for mercy. But understand the influence as innocent. What's got to be careful these days is not cap pistols. They're real guns. Deadly weapons. And we are still not doing the things we need to do to protect, nurture, and inform our children. Fourteen years old. Now, I still think they're researching. I don't know if he really actually had a gun or what. They're still investigating. Uh But it's in the environment of guns. There's so many guns around Lord knows, I know I, I there's some of y'all got guns, too. You may not say too much about it. You know, you got a little something, something. <laughs> because it's... The world that we're living in, it seems like everybody has to have a gun. Well, understand, you got to realize that with children around that house, sometimes that is the most dangerous thing because they don't know how dangerous it is. For them, it's like my cap pistol. My cap pistol ain't going to hurt nobody. But me, if I allow the caps get too close and it sparks up in my face or something. But these are deadly things. But understand the whole thing that the Lord wants Moses to speak to them. I want you to make certain that they understand what is the right way and what is the wrong way. We all contribute to these Vital functions, Hebrew life placed great emphasis upon the three responsibilities of family and community, community: protection, nurturing and informing. Protection is not merely a function of keeping our children away from dangerous animals and predators of all types, but also guarding the door to their minds and their hearts. Some folks you just can't have talking to your children. You gotta watch who's trying to be friends to you and your family and your little boy and little girl. because not everyone has all innocence in what they're doing. them, Moses, and tell them, let them stay very diligent in studying of my commandments and my words, because I I don't want them to go off track and say, but I didn't know. There is no excuse that we should have and not knowing, but in this day and time, I will declare that I believe that the church has more illiterate people in there when it comes to the Bible than any place. When do you read your word? Every week. You do? When? Well, you all stand up there and read it every Sunday. Just getting the word when you hear it up here is not good enough. You need to have your own word. Look to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, you need to have your own word. Underlining and highlighting, taking it in. But we moved away from that. We don't even know what the word actually says and we take somebody else's interpretation of what it says. And believe me, all these folks running around here, even those in wonderful offices quoting scripture, don't really know what the word says. Now, there's one thing to know the word, and it's another thing to allow the word to know you. I want the word to read me because every time I read the word the word ought to tell me something about me and that's some reason why we don't want to look at it because it may convict us and condemn us in the very fact that we're reading it and it talks about us but I say Lord talk to me if I'm messed up, if I'm wrong, if I'm going the wrong way, I need to hear a word from the Lord. I need to know whether it's right or wrong. I need to know the path that I'm in because all I want is I want you, Lord. Protection. Careful of what you think. Above all that you guard, Proverbs 4.23, Expanded Bible says, protect your heart, heart is mind, because your thoughts run your life or your thoughts can ruin your life. Understand this, that some of us who are sitting in here today are here only because of God's mercy. How many folks are sitting here by mercy? Didn't do everything I should have done right, but mercy found me. When I was trying to hide away because of what I'd done, mercy said no. You will not hide from me because I have purpose for your life. You may be trying to hide behind a mask and no one know what you're about and what you've done, but I want you to know it doesn't matter what other people know. It's what I know. And what I know, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to save you. He rescued me. We used to sing, he brought me out of the miry clay he set my feet on a rock to say he put a song in my soul today a song of praise a song of praise Does anybody have a song of praise in this house today? When you look back over your life and see where you could have been, where you should have been, I got a praise in my mouth because God delivered me. child. It's an important task. Training. Don't let the school only train your children. One of the smartest things we could have ever done. We did it down in D.C. We'd have this after school thing where we were able to deprogram the program that was being given into the minds of our children that sometimes were in conflict with the very Word of God. And we've got to recognize we've got a lot of responsibility. God, help us to train our children in the important task of decision-making, establishing foundation from which they develop and grow, a strong foundation that when they grow older, they would not ever depart from it, and they know when to say yes, and they know when to say no. And it's not about experimenting. Help them to be able to know right from wrong. Tell them the truth. And most importantly, live truthfully among them. Because one of the worst things we can do is talk about truth and not live the truth we're talking about. Because children aren't dumb. Uh, I thought you said. And then our first response is: hush up now. Or quiet them. Just because they're pointing out to us our faults. And we need consistency. My goodness, the environment in which we got a parent now, I don't know what to say. How am I going to tell them? People can see right before their eyes. And they can say, what in the world is this? It seems like the lie becomes the greatest thing in the world. The better you lie, The more you get elevated, the more you lie, the more you feel somehow accomplished. The better your lies, the more superior you seem to be. You got to be careful about the environment. I believe growing up in an environment that truth tellers, you know, liars do not impress me. I don't care how well you lie, how good you lie, how long you lie, how very exciting your lies may be. A lie is a lie. And all lies have their place somewhere. Understand, we have such an awesome task. Now, we're bombarded every day with lies and deception. And sometimes he says, Well, how do we sort this out? Only thing I can sort out is I talked to somebody, again, we're just having casual conversation. I, I said, uh, This is a spiritual thing. Uh, it doesn't, it's not about making sense. This is not about sense-making now. This is beyond sense. It is to the area of nonsense, but, but it also is in the place in which there is spiritual engagement to deceive and to destroy the minds of the people. There are some folk who cloak themselves as righteous, Who are thinking stupid? I don't usually use that word. That's the only thing I can say. How can you be so spiritual and make that kind of decision? How can you be so spiritual and make the actions and the statements that you're making. I trust God to do everything. I once wrote and I said, God does not stand up there. When it came to politics, I said, look, politics is politics. And God don't have no candidate in politics. He's God's man. No, he's not. But he's doing things to help. No, he's not. <laughs> Satan will do things to help. But not everything Satan does is really to help you. It's to help him. Oh, this is communion Sunday. Huh? Um, I just, I'm trying to help Parents. I'm trying to help our children. They just went back to school. And believe me, they're going to come back with a whole bunch of things uh, that are going to confound you. But at the same time, I know this. This God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. I thank God for what we were doing on on yesterday. We we got a chance to go down with uh, Baptized Baltimore. How many were baptized? Thirty five. You understand this? After you baptize them, you got to nurture them. After you baptize them, you got to put them on the right course because baptism without nurturing is just a little symbol that accomplishes no more than the act itself. But Lord, when I am baptized into Christ that's what the word says we are baptized not just in water some people think they just baptized in the water but you're baptized into Christ and when you're baptized into Christ if any man be in Christ he is a new creation and all things all things are passed away and behold all things are become new Is anybody new in this house I was made new Well, I'll finish this another time. But this table and what we have on it is symbolic of the sacrifice of a Savior who came to rescue us from the mistakes that we made. Mistakes made from the very beginning with Adam and Eve but mistakes that were made all throughout the course of history, even the mistakes that were done today or yesterday, understand the blood still works. If I messed up last night, the blood still works. Look to your neighbors and say, Hey, The blood still works. He came to rescue me. He came to save me. He came and died for me. He came and gave his life for me so that I might have life and have it more abundantly. The blood still works. Let me, uh, let me, let me just stop right there and talk to somebody again. here. Unfortunately, over the years and decades, we've become less and less connected to uh-huh. the importance of the word. Um. We place it and misplace it. Some of you may have Bibles sitting on your shelf somewhere. A lot of folk don't worry about bringing the the paper Bible with them to church. But you at least have an electronic Bible. How many have electronic Bibles? Good. How many have electronics but no Bible on it? if anything I ought to have at least some word if I don't have the, the leather version I just need to have it the electronic version Because I can still open up the electronic version and the same word that's in my letter version is still in the electronic version. And as a matter of fact, I have so many different versions that I can read all kind of translations. But I'm here today because parents, we have an awesome task. I prayed for the little ones going back to school last week and I prayed for them that God would protect them but understand this it is useless if you don't at home do what is necessary to do. Right. Note the word. Put them around your finger, your, your wrist, your hand, your forehead, your doorpost, the gates leading into your house. Talk about it. When you get up in the morning, when you're sitting down at the table, talk about it. When you take a trick to go out on the road, talk about it. When you come back home again, talk about it before you go to bed at night keep talking about it. Tell your neighbor, don't stop talking. Because if we don't talk, they will never come to know. But as long as we keep talking, they may can ask you or oh, daddy or mama, what does that mean? And if you don't know, don't make nothing up. Just make a note of it. Because that's another way to maintain your integrity. Because your kid knows when you're trying to lie. Especially if you tell them one thing and then you come here to church and the pastor said something else. And then they look at you. Who's right, who's wrong? It's not a matter of being who's right, who's wrong. It is to be connected to the word of God. Parents, protect them, nurture them, and inform them. Make sure you do it properly in ways that will not undermine the message you're trying to get over to them. And then just don't talk the word. Live the word. Let them see you living what you talk about. Because if you tell me the word says this and you leave, live something else, that's going to make me not want to be anywhere near your God. Because obviously your God is a God who just protects lions. And I know my God, He knows how to turn things around. Praise the Lord. Everybody stand on your feet with me right now.